Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. The first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old time hockey. Like it is sure. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Calman. Leave the killer! Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Lace them up for some beast talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. June the 25th, 2019. Ken Laird here, and I'm sitting with the man who told me everything was going to be all right many, many weeks ago. He was a Mutton Callahan staple during the cup run. Almost was all right, and then it wasn't. In Game 7, Matt Kalman is here. It's the debut. I think this is our official debut of the new podcast, right? The relaunch. Sure. Relaunch of yeah. uh, Zero Pucks Given has been trashed. Dale is no longer contributing, so he's out. So we are <laughs> rebranding out. it. Uh, it's, it's about not, time. It, yes. It's not an imaginative name, I will say that. He's, too long he's been the David Backus of this station, I'll tell you. Is it, was it official? Was it a buyout for <laughs> basically no cap relief? We're still saddled with Dale's contract for the next couple years. But uh, our Sunday show, which did have a nice extended run, you and me and uh, Pete Blackburn, who was a great addition this year. I heard Marshan has a broken hand. Is Sunday Skate. That was a name given to us uh, by DJ Bean and our forefathers. So yeah, we in this. Sunday Skate. We uh, have continued that, the EEI tradition. So this is now all the creativity we can muster. <laughs> the Skate Podcast. At The Skate Pod on Twitter. Calvin just officially branded that uh, minutes ago. Yeah, you have to have the Mm-hmm. Always have to have the uh, right. It goes back. To, I, I'm still trying to picture DJ Bean as a founding father. <laughs> he is. He's, Two hair powdered he's wig and elders. stuff. Yes, he was. Fred in New Hampshire is always involved. So, Fred, yes. let me ask you one question. What it do? Uh, we have a busy, busy couple weeks here, and then probably there'll be uh, nothing happening. Right. But we do have a draft to react to. But before that, we're approaching July 1st. Let's get right into it. I fully expected Tory Krug to be dealt Friday hmm. night, and wow. nothing happened. Not much happened across the league other than the P.K. Subban deal. And uh, the Leafs jockeying for uh, you know Mitch Marner's contract by uh, yeah. sending Patrick Marlowe out of town. And the draft was okay. We can get into that. But Kr- we, you and I talked about Krug on Sunday Skate even before the playoffs began. This was right. their big decision they had to make coming into the offseason. He's got one year left at $5.25 million. He obviously wants uh, paid, and his playoff run was... I don't want to throw the word around loosely. It was incredible. I absolutely, I, I absolutely thought he Based would be exposed. Totally thought he would be exposed. At some right. point in the playoffs, never was. He was Krug Smythe, as you dubbed him, uh, until, <laughs> you know, Tuka soared into he was going to win. And, you yeah. there was a chance Tuka was going to win even if they uh, lost that series. But where are they now with Tory Krug? And were you surprised he was not dealt? Uh, on no, Friday I night. mean, well, the Friday night thing, obviously, no one was going to make any trades because no one knew what the salary cap ceiling was, and I guess, you know. Which, how does that happen? Well, because the, the, they waited to the last minute, the players, to, to argue over escrow and argue over the raising the cap, and they didn't uh, inflate the escalator as much as they should have. And so they, you know, they cut themselves off to the point where now you have all these free agents, and I don't really know. 
and we we can you know this this maybe goes off the topic of Krug, but you wonder if all these UFAs are really going to get the money they think they're going to get now with the cap being so low. But you know to go back to Tory Krug, I'm not surprised they didn't trade him because a the activity was so slow, and b because I, I don't think they really want to do that, and I think. So what do the they one, want to do? They do they want to extend him at eight yeah. nine million a year? I, mean, I don't that, think it's going to be that much. I just don't see him asking for that much at this point. I think he is at the stage in his career where he he loves. It. We know. I mean, everyone says they love it here, but my personal opinion is he is one of the maybe handful of people that really does love it here. You know, Marcus Johansson can say that, but he's been a kind of a gun for hire here, and I'm sure he'll go where the money is. Krug's attached because they took a chance on him, or they they, Krug, they wanted him from the get go. Uh, they you know they knocked him out. He has a lot of tight ties to the organization. People in the front office, uh, scouts that are you know friends with his family. Um, obviously, his wife has ha- just had a baby, so they're they're establishing their family here. He's seen you know the the Charas and the Bergerons how they've put down roots here, and we know what the the culture is. Just as far as you don't ask for eight or nine million here, you do a you do a, not you don't can't compare it to Pasternak because. He was RFA, but you know Brad Marchand clearly could have been nine or ten million dollar player had he gone to market, waited a little longer, even with his Bruins deal, and decided to do something reasonable. Was there a Bergeron cap with him? I mean, because some people said, well, the, well, know, the Bergeron cap would be the Krejci cap because Krejci's been making more yeah. than him all this time. That's true. But yeah, I know what you're saying because obviously the Krejci deal was signed in a different market. Bergeron's getting six point eight seven right. five annual, and Pasternak comes in at six point six. Right. So you know, will. Krug adhere to that. I mean, I could see Krug getting seven, but I don't really see him getting more than that, and maybe even a little less than that, just to get the the term and basically be a Bruin for the rest of his career. Because you know, at his size and and everything, you don't know how much more he's going to go beyond, say, five six years. And maybe you do a a six times seven or a six times six and a half, and you get it done. Now, whether or not that play jives with what's going to happen with you know McAvoy and Carlo, right. That's uh, the concern. It's it's a, it's tough. But now, now maybe down the road they feel like one of those guys will get poached by the expansion team, so therefore they're not going to carry. Well, those will be your three guys coach. protected. I think. I think you're going to protect three D. It's going to be Krug, McAvoy, and Carlo. And uh, you know, obviously that makes Grizzly somewhat expendable, but he might be expendable now. He might be the one that you cut for to just trim a couple of million if if that's the way you want to go. I mean, at this point, Vakanine is not ready to replace. Tory Krug, but he might be ready to replace Grizzly, right? Right on right. a second power play and and be a bottom pair guy while he breaks in. And if you factor him in and Lazan and Zaboral, you might have enough to make up. You know, I'm not saying that Grizzly down the road might not end up being a Tory Krug type player, but yep. right now he's not. And then they bring in this kid, you know, Cooper Zek, um, a rookie free agent like Krug was. I mean, everyone's making the comparison because he was a college free agent because he's a, a smaller guy. That uh, seems to have a lot of skill. They kind of like too. So they've they've built that that depth there, where you you can maybe start trading off a guy like a Grizzly instead of a crew. But and Clifton was a fine, and they just brought Camper right. back at a two year deal. So they have some depth, that's for sure. And right. Even John Moore played more meaningful right. games and minutes than and I ever thought got, he would. Right. And you've got more locked up, although he's going to be you know out for the first half of the year and, and yeah. Miller too. But um, right, forgot about Miller. Yeah. <laughs> so th- yeah, they are deep there. I mean, I guess that's all why I thought. And back to getting, you know McAvoy getting blocked. At some point, do they view him as the top power play quarterback? And and if you sign Krug, is he then uh, somehow inhibited from becoming blossoming into the Bobby Orr uh, figure of of this millennium that they want him to be or envision him to be? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Krug yeah. is much better on the power play right now. It's not even close. right. Exactly. So he's, and it's just and you know not that it, not that it's so difficult to do this, but when you put a McAvoy right-handed shot at that spot, you have to kind of rework everything. You have to redesign your plays. 
clearly as long as you're setting using this setup with you know Bergeron in the bumper and Pasternak in the in the wing there, um, this is the best way to go. And so, if you're looking at it that way, I mean, first of all, you know, again, we don't know what the CBA is going to look like next year and, and beyond, right? But if you're going to look at it the way it is now, you're looking at maybe two or three more years of this formation. So you just say, okay, we're going to commit to this, and then maybe. Two, three years down the road, that's when you start to pass the baton off to McAvoy. And, you know, maybe at that point Krug needs to play fewer minutes or isn't quite as dynamic. I mean, or he needs a, a he needs a contract that does not have a no trade clause where you can get out from under. Well, you would assume point. that the con- no, no trade is going to be two or three years, four years of no trade. Yeah. And then from there, it would probably be, you know, reduced different uh, scenarios like Bacchus has now, you know, or any of these guys, Critchie has about submitting your list and all that. And we know how those lists become very flexible, too. I mean, Plus, you don't again. You don't know what the CBA is going to look like. You don't know who the general manager is going to be. You don't know. There's so many things to look at. Don't know who the general manager is going to be. Yeah, you never know. Four years from now, you're going to oh, tell oh. me that Don Sweeney is definitely going to still be the general manager. I have it's no true. idea. He's a hot commodity now. Executive of the year. <laughs> who knows? The power play, the points, those things speak for themselves and have been for you know throughout his time here. He's a big part of our club. Have opportunity, you know, starting July 1st to open up talks. Again, the RFA market and, and some of our internal things will dictate the timing of those conversations. Um, if somebody blew us away, you know, every player has to be looked at in, uh, in that way. When 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 you're an organization, you just have to. You're doing a disservice if you don't. Um, but it would take a pretty unique opportunity for us to uh, to part with Tory. We think he's a big part of the fabric of our group. Uh, you know, he's kind of that next wave of leadership that we talk about in behind some of the guys that have carried that mantle for a long period of time. And uh, uh, But he's an important part of our, our, our club. Well, even, you know, Swe- hearing Sweeney talk after the season about Carlo, McAvoy, Heinen, the restricted free agents, they, they're going to tender those guys today. I'm sure yeah. they are as we speak. But saying they're going to play for us at some point <laughs> you know, this year. How about that? Isn't that hilarious? That's a that's some comment to say they're going to play for us at some point. Well, I guess he figures December 15th, somebody's signing something, even if it's a one-year deal. They're going to get something done. I mean, no one's sitting out. I mean, you saw what happened with Nylander last year. Not to mention, he took it up to the to the last second and then had a terrible season. So right. that's a, a cautionary tale for sure, especially for a guy like Heinen. Um, will McAvoy, will McAvoy and Carlo want pay the big dollars now, or will they accept a bridge sort of a contract? Well, that's what's going to come down to. I mean, I don't, I don't. It, it's hard to get a feel for them. Their their agents are very quiet right now. Sweeney doesn't say anything. And you look at, uh, you know, this is a very far off. Comparable, but Travis Sanheim yesterday in Philly, he's only had one full year, really. He, he just finished his entry level, but he really only had one full NHL year. It was a really good year. He's kind of maybe a little bit of both of those guys. He's got the offensive side and a defensive. He's more of a two-way guy, and he got $3.5 million on a two-year bridge deal, $3.5 million per. I mean, that's your starting point, and that's way off from where you think Carlo, especially, and then you know, McAvoy's in a different stratosphere, obviously. But I think people are underselling Carlo, too, people saying he might take the bridge deal and Go for four or five million. That's not happening. Why would you do that after the postseason he had? I no. mean, you're looking at. And he's already had major injuries, and he knows what the risks are. His absolutely. Does. So, and he's, those guys won't. He's I mean, a cornerstone. The bottom line is they've got to shed some salary somewhere. Right. They cannot sign these guys to these kind of deals. This is what Sweeney, I'm sure, is dealing with. And the Bacchus contract is is so bad. <laughs> um, they have to get rid of him. They have to find a way to move him somewhere. It's virtually impossible if you look at it. it basically, the it costs them. A first-round pick costs $6 million if you look at the Marlowe deal, and that only costs the Hurricanes, if they buy them out, uh, $4 million, right, because they're paying two-thirds of it over. over, right. over now, Subban, they took the whole thing. 
nine million. Too bad they took the whole thing because they're the New Jersey Devils and they had thirty-five <laughs> million dollars of cap space and they're desperate. That's true. And you know they have a new ownership group that I guess is really hitting its stride now. I guess I don't. I'm not exactly sure of the details of what the struggle was there, but it seems like these two guys that are now calling the shots there are trying to become a legitimate, you know, New York, New Jersey franchise and have marquee players. And so you add Subban, you add Jack Hughes, and now they're going to go, go full court press to keep Taylor Hall, who's going into his last year. So that's a different situation there. You know, they, they still have 20-something million dollars in cap in cap space, and they only have two, you know, RFAs that anyone even cares about. So they, they've got a lot of room to go. I mean, there's just not that many teams uh, doing that. You know, obviously two different scenarios. P.K. Subban's 30 and can still play. Right. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, maybe the Hurricanes are looking at him as a Justin Williams replacement, which uh, which could be, and, you know, for one year for $6 million, that But again, I, he's that not going to play there. It, it doesn't seem like he's going to. They, they, they said they're going to convince him. It, oh, it's, really? it's not a foregone conclusion that he's being bought out. Um, I don't think they're going to, considering how he's been so open about I'm playing in California next year, I don't think, unless he's confused between Carolina and California, <laughs> but I think he's gone. Nonetheless, like I said, it's only a $4 million hit for them, and they got the first-round pick, uh, so Jack Hughes, and that's to get out of the one-year deal. This Backus has two more years, um, more onerous as far as his signing bonuses and things. So oh, I assume yeah, shipping it. Well, it was two seconds for Subban, right? Two se- well, two seconds and, and two players. And, and, and a couple Centini's players. Is a pretty good player. You okay, know? so and that prospect has come on. Can, is there a way you can get rid of Backus, a couple second-round picks, a prospect? And get that cap space. Is somebody? Yeah, I mean, that? maybe you maybe if you're, you're getting that's getting pretty. What's the prospect? I mean, I mean this kid that they gave up, JFK. The, the Devils gave up in that <laughs> in that deal is this kid that Northeastern he's a superstar. So yeah. uh, you know, a late bloomer, I guess. So um, what, what are they? You know, but they have no choice, right? I mean, they have to. They 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 really do. And but the only problem is, I don't see the suitor for that. That's the thing. You look at the teams that are at the at the, give, give me those at the teams bottom. At the bottom. Yep, fine. I one. mean, you got Winnipeg. These are the teams that are under the cap right now, right? Winnipeg only has fourteen players signed, so of course they're below it. You know they're going to sign a bunch yeah, of guys, yeah. like Line A, and and go and uh, maybe they'll bring Myers back, or they'll have to get a Myers replacement. I mean, Carolina, we know what their situation is. They're going to get to the. They're going to. There's, they're three million, four million behind. Aho is going to double that right there. They'll be across. The Devils are five million down. They'll add one UFA. Uh, Colum- I mean, maybe you would replenish. Maybe New Jersey would take it. Your first round pick to take back as a barium. They're so active, but are you really? How sweet are you making these deals um, to get rid of this guy? You know, Columbus, Ottawa, Colorado. Plus, you got to remember he's got a nine, an eight team trade list. I don't think any of these teams are on it. I but mean, I can't see Backus wanting to stay here and be embarrassed for the last two years of his deal. I mean, if he goes to Ottawa, I mean, it's the perception is he's marooned there for sure, but at least he plays out the string and tries to be the good. Well, is he guaranteed to play in any of these places? Is yeah, Ottawa putting putting this guy in a lineup? Either? That's the right. thing. He can't play. I mean, the, the, the what might end you up happening. You wanted to hand him the cup second. So, I mean, I I don't know. Is <laughs> well, the guy he, a hero? Or he, is he... That's, that's right. I, I don't want to be one of these jerks. He can play. We saw him be able to play. He's, he has his moments. He's yep. just. He's a fourth liner. He's out He's a fourth Steve. liner who can plug up in the second line on brief occasions, certain matchups. Yep. He's a guy that you're probably, if you're bringing him back next year, he's only going to play 50 games next year. Partly by choice, just because you don't want him playing back to backs. You don't want him playing fours and sixes. He, he, can't, he can't do it. Um, and we know what his leadership brings. I mean, the guy has some value. Um, are you? I don't even know. But the thing is, you don't think. I don't know how many teams are even putting him on a fourth line, especially like a team like Ottawa. They're it's almost a contender. You, you're right. You almost have to find uh, somebody who fancies himself as needing a veteran piece. And, yeah. You know, and a, and Does that really exist? The conscience of the locker room. Sort but of yeah, thing. they're going to have to sweeten the deal. I mean, 
Because not only do they have their own guys to resign, we've got Magic Johansson, who was ripped by all of us as yep. Deadwood Johansson through five games of the Leaf series, and then the switch went flipped, as Bradfield would say, and uh, man, he was dynamite, and you found a guy who connected with Coyle to the point where you have got to keep him, right? Yeah, he, no, but he, the mar- is, he but, worked. But that if he's, if he's cooking with Coyle, that makes him a third liner, and you can't pay him what he's going to get What's he to gonna be get? a third what, what liner. Is he, what is he asking for? I think he's a six, he's six million at least oh. guy. He is. The skill. For multiple years for like Multiple years at six deal. million. Yeah, that's what he is. I mean, he's got all the skills. He has the experience. He has but the that, postseason But you would agree if there's now. one thing on the Bruins list besides their, keeping their internal guys, they need a Marcus Johansson type, right? This, well, the, the they need one somebody piece. to play with Krejci or to play with Bergeron and, and Marchand if you're going to move Pasternak. That's what you need. And Which is, Johansson's we, as good as anybody on the market. Except he won't play the right, he didn't look good on the right side, and I'm not sure he fits the, fits the mold for that. Not to mention he's such a we'll playmaker. Move to over then. Can you Why really can't put, they move to Can Brusque? you really put a playmaker? Okay, but do you want a playmaker like Johansson playing with Krejci? Or are you putting him with Bergeron and, and Marsh? Well, Sweeney and, and Neely have talked a lot about that, that Krejci needs a guy. That can shoot, that, can that shoot. wants to shoot. Yes. That wants to shoot. And it's not Charlie Coyle. That's a damn sure. Charlie Coyle's nope. you know, stock and trade is not shooting enough. Well, maybe Pasternak is the fit there, and then you, you know, Johansson becomes your uh, yeah, Bergeron I mean, wing. I, I don't know. But it, it could be, but, you know. You know but but is well, bottom line, he gives you some options, which right well, now without you're not, him, you you're, don't not you're not fitting him. I mean, he's not going to fit in the cap. So he's unless, gone. There's no chance. I don't think so. I can't. I can't see it happening. I mean, I, I I'm still kind of obsessed with Zuccarello, who's not because re- he's cheaper. Who's might be a little cheaper. He's 31 and maybe is looking more to win rather than cash in at this point. Um, and maybe it would have been a. I know it's hard to say, but if let's imagine they lose Game Seven to Toronto and we're kicking Johansson to the curb, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is what would have happened, okay? Definitely. I mean, the guy won the GM of the year award based on basically one game because they lose Game Seven of Toronto. They're not. Well, by the way, when does that voting take place? Because it takes place after the second round. After the second round, and it's some vague combination of other GMs and front office people, and um, I think there's actually some media, you know, <laughs> literary, whatever you call it, the Illuminati there that that picks these things. I don't know <laughs> who who votes on the Mark Messier leadership award. Is it just Mark Messier? Who knows? But I, but but, he does. I, I don't. Well, I would say if you compared him to, to the St. Louis uh, general manager, that was an awesome in hindsight. Yeah. How did uh, right? Well, well that's just it. Uh, Armstrong did Armstrong. it so much uh, longer term by yes. adding adding Com- Bozak and their Eddie summers. Perron. I mean, so you look at that. Although Kuhlman um, and Clifton were pretty good under the radar, yeah, signings. Kuhlman and Clifton and sure, and and uh, Wagner and Nordstrom, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Sweeney had a good year, but it was made better by the fact that they got past Toronto clearly and were on the cusp of not even doing that in Game Six. You remember, but um, by the same token, he put himself in that same hole by thinking that JFK and Frederick and Solarik and Studnicker were going to be the guys, and you weren't going to have to make these trades. I mean. They did give up an asset. They gave up two assets, but especially you know one for Johansson or for for Coyle, right? You had to give up yep. Donato, Donato, who clearly could have would been he have played here this year. He, I mean, he, he well, he'd, be, he'd right certainly be in the mix right now to be in that top six uh, wings, and uh, you know we saw the the second round pick go to Jersey in that draft, and who knows you know what that could have been. It's not that big of a deal, I guess. When you look at the fact that they used to give away second round picks to get least empty, like at yep. least at least they get good players for second round picks now. And uh, so where were we, where were we going on that? Well, just you know. Oh, so Zuccarello was my point. Was just I just think I just think that he might be a better. He's 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 got more fire. He's more of a 
a, a winning kind of player as far he might not have the same skill set at this point that Johansson has, but you know Johansson being a, at his age, you know, pre pre 30s, obviously looking for longer term and more money, and Zuccarello just might be a guy that you can get on a, a two or three year deal and and get maybe for a little shorter. But you don't have any money right now, so clearly. Right, there's going to be some issues, and, and and all these guys they were interested in that are free agents, Furland and Nyquist. I mean, you go through the whole list. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dzingel. These were right. players they were in on. Yeah, as we talked about at the trade deadline. Right. So they had some interest in everybody. Yeah, so maybe and, they'll just take and those guys who's are ever the cheapest. You know, short-term at this deal. point, what is Wayne Simmons going to get? I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of teams. Right. He needs like a one year prove it. As bad as the Bruins cap situation is, it's not even the worst out there. Right. Vegas is now over the cap by the eight billion that you can that you can be over it. Um, Tampa Bay, you name it, all these good teams, Toronto, <laughs> all, are in the same position. So where's the money for these UFAs coming from? Who's get who's signing these guys? And so will guys like Wayne Simmons or even Zuccarello or people like that be forced to sign even shorter-term improvement deals? And then you go to the Corey Perry thing. and He was bought out. And you could you could always just do it again next year. Just wait until the trade deadline and go, well, go that's for what, your that's what they again. might be to force to do here. I mean, I guess, you know, conceivably you could – Fit the three RFAs in and just come back with the same team. And Carson and hope. Coleman is your guy for four months. <laughs> and then you figure it out. Well, maybe you think that. Uh, let's see. You got Solaric coming back again. He'd be motivated. Um, Stadnicka will is definitely Stadnicka be a ready? pro. We didn't see much of Ryan Fitzgerald. We didn't see any of Ryan Fitzgerald in the NHL last year because he had, he got banged up at the wrong times. You know, a lot of times we didn't see some of these guys because they were hurt when the Bruins needed guys to come up. So um, he's in the mix and uh, Frederick. Could be in the mix as well. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure that the Nick is a guy they want to move to the wing to start out, just to tutor him. You know, these, there's well, there's the other theory that. that's thrown out there, and uh, our man Jermaine Wiggins wanted to trade Bergeron and Krejci, but, but oh, for sure, oh yeah, right. which is obviously not going to happen. But Krejci, <laughs> it does give me pause. Now, I thought he had a, an unbelievable year. I would have given him the uh, you know the sixth man, seventh man award. Yeah, right. Just based on expectations, but he's a proven guy, so you know, I guess that's kind of silly. But the bottom line is, he had a great year. Now, he didn't show up necessarily in the cup finals as people wanted. He is older. He, he's he got trade value He's the same now. age as Bergeron. Both 34? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but if you're going to tr- trade Krejci, now's the time, right? He's, he's just re- well, he just re- well, reestablished his uh, trade value. He's got <laughs> two years left, so he's, it's not just well, a one-year. You're in that quandary that I don't know what the GMs look at. Do they look at the fact that he had 70-something points last year and had a, you know, I think it's a Ryan O'Reilly type of trade, right? You see what Ooh. O'Reilly did to St. Louis how old and say, is, But how old is O'Reilly? Yeah, much younger. But, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think you're never— But for two at, years— You're at the point now, it, it happened to Chara like four or five years ago when people would say, oh, trade Chara. You're at the point now, or even Tuca at this point, you're not going to get value based on the production— People aren't, but but it's it's clearing seven million and right. But you're not getting coils you're not bumped gonna, up second line center. Now you're putting Stanicka as your third line center. Yeah, you're not you're not going to get the value you want. You're not getting a, a Ryan O'Reilly. Even a Ryan O'Reilly package was way short of what it should have been. That's true. Buffalo got fleeced, but at least they got the first round. I think they got they, maybe two. But they first. sold low on him, right? He was well, he was did. struggling. Well, he wasn't struggling. That he said some dumb things, and they decided it was time to trade him. I mean, yeah, they they traded him low because he said that he said some, or not even some dumb things. He said some true things about his team, which is what you'd want someone like that to say when you're the Buffalo Sabers and you haven't won anything in thirty years. Um, and then they. Obviously, they decided to get him out of town no matter what. But, you know, one of the guys they traded for retired. So um, not exactly the package you want. And at 34, you, I mean, if you're doing it, you're doing a salary dump. You're doing a P.K. Subban salary dump. And then 
you know, to you're, keep really, your blue line you're really knocking some dominoes over there as far it as... It is. It's a major... Charlie Coyle. We don't even know if Charlie Coyle is a third-line center on a legitimate team for the long haul. Well, that's what you're betting on. You, yeah, you're you, putting him second. Well, that's not just the only thing you're betting. You're, you said, like, then you're putting Studnicka, who wasn't ready last year, to be a third-line and a fourth-line center. You're guaranteeing him as a third-line center. But you're getting back Frederick. in this trade, this mythical trade, you're yeah. getting back an NHL-ready wing somebody that's a oh. cornerstone replacement for you, you know, like a younger guy. As a free agent or in the trade? Uh, in the trade. Uh, I don't know if that's who's who's available for trade. It's a hockey trade. I don't know somebody that yeah. needs a center in exchange for for somebody that can can score. I doubt that that happens, but I mean, you're just not gonna. Plus, you have to find a team that's willing to take seven million for yeah, two more that's years. The trick. Um, so for like again, a 34 year old guy who and it's a team that's got to be close. Who, who isn't as injury? Yeah. He isn't as injury riddled as they say about as people try to make him out. But clearly, at 34, and you never know. I mean, he's had back and groin issues in the past that could creep up. So it, it is totally a salary dump. And then, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe that $7 million gets you a wing and another free agent center, but are they going to be as – do you really want to give up having two number one centers? You're, you're blowing it up in a certain sense. It's exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can put that <laughs> – I'm not saying I would do it, but it's not the most laughable thing. It's not – No, I mean, it, it's 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 just, you know, it's it's on the list. with trade. It's Bacchus, it's Krug, it's Kretschy. These are the things that we all see. We can look at cap friendly, and we can see it, and the NHL and the Bruins can try to hide it and say this isn't true. But something has to give here unless he's really going to hold, you know, play hardball with McAvoy and Carlo, and and I don't know what they're going to do there. This isn't the old days. This isn't Harry Sinden telling them to go yodel uh, in Finland or whatever. This is not the way it works anymore with these RFAs. The RFAs are basically UFAs. I mean, that's the one thing, as much as the – the players got kind of fleeced in the, in the CBA negotiations. I think the owners have made up, you know, a lot better of this thing. The one thing that they've done is made restricted free agents into unrestricteds, whether it's, you know, Nylander or even going all the way back to Phil Kessel and the fact that he forced his way out. Or actually, more recently, I'd say, you know, the Kessel thing was a little different, but Dougie Hamilton clearly, you know, made made the choice and the, Bru- and the Bruins, you know, acquiesced to that because you're not going to, you don't want a player that's going to sit out. Yeah. Well, you're going to see, uh, you'll be at development camp uh, later this week, or yep, the introduction tomorrow. of uh, John Beecher, yep. who they drafted in the first round. He's going to play at Michigan this year. Mm-hmm. They do have some young talent, Vakanine, and we haven't talked about. There's another option for them if they would move crew. Yeah, I mean Vakanine is big there, sure. And, uh, anybody else you're expecting to break out in next year? This year, which you could count on. I mean, well, how about this Lauko kid? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't know if he's NHL ready, but he might be one of these guys that we see a couple times over the course of next year. I'm not sure about his two-way game at this He's point, but, but clearly he could score. Yeah, I mean, he 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 wanted to play you know, pro last year, and there wasn't really uh, a spot for him, and he was a little too light, but He'll hook up the camp, and we know, at least he's, like, they talk about guys who aren't afraid to shoot. It seems like he's not afraid to shoot, and he he hits. Um, we, we saw that a few times in the preseason and in the uh, rookie games last year, that he, he's, he's kind of a fearless kind of player, so I'd say I'd put him in the mix. You know, they they, they tend to. It seems like almost every year I've covered them. Now they they carry one teenager, so why not him, right? Yep. And this defenseman uh, Axel Anderson's going to play yeah, in Providence. Axel, yeah, well, I, their I second so. round pick from twenty. Yeah, I don't know what Axel's going to do. I'm not sure about the Providence thing. I mean, he didn't really have a great year in the pros overseas last year. Oh, I thought year. there was talk they had convinced them that he was going to come. Oh, maybe. I mean, that might be. A, I mean, I think that's probably still in the up up in the air a little bit. But well, um, I don't know if you saw my tweet. Now, this uh, this guy in the, from the Athletic did. Uh, he did a three-year study, 2014 to 2017. They're using this hockey war now, which yeah. they're putting a, you know a singular number using a bunch of metrics Is that the on one players. Where the Bruins were like in first? Bruins were top. Yeah. They were the they led the way with 28 wins above replacement. If you combine their 2014 through 17 picks, now keep in mind the 2015 draft is often mocked 
you know, DeBrusque right. was there, but they some people yeah. would say they wasted the other but two first-round picks. Does that include Pasternak? Yes. Yeah, Pasternak, so, yeah. McAvoy, DeBrusque, yeah. Carlo, Danton Heinen, and Ryan Donato, right. who was moved, they still get credit for. Sure. The Bruins had the best draft results of guys who have played and made impact better than anybody with first-round picks. You go through Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, uh, obviously the Oilers um, uh, with uh, with some of their big picks. Uh, so they've drafted pretty well. You've got to yeah. give Sweeney some credit, too. And and so maybe some of these players will come uh, from 18 to 19 will emerge as contributors yeah, just, that we don't uh, see Other right than now. Pasternak and McAvoy, there's no, the superstars aren't there. I mean, clearly if you're going to combine them all, I don't know exactly what that shows you when you combine them all because it's like well, it's just, you well, know, a lot of them have made it to the NHL and contributed probably, some. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've drafted fine, but you know, when you, when you lose those, when you don't take Kyle Connor or Brock Besser, you still, you don't, doesn't, doesn't excuse you for not being prepared or to make those picks and to do the right thing on those spots. And now this time around, we'll see, you know, it's going to be a couple of years until we find out if Beecher was really the right pick. Although but you said they reached on Beecher. They, Dale was, Dale was ripping you on. Yeah, the well, I'm Oscar right podcast. because they did, because they reached in the fact that there were better, there were players there were players at 30 that teams in the teens thought they weren't going to have a shot at. Now, why they passed on him on some of these guys also, I mean, obviously the Russian guy, clearly, you know, they, the Bruins should have taken the guy from Staten Island because you can't find a better place to grow <laughs> up or to be from. So they should have taken the Russian kid from Staten Island. They didn't, and there were a couple other guys in that mix. There were guys that were seen that were projected to go in the teens, and they, they tend to always want to go for these guys that are – I don't want to say the safe. It's funny. It's a risk, but it's safe because it's a risk that you're you're taking a third a guy who's got like third line potential with a thirtieth pick. Now, is your is your goal for him just to play in the NHL and be a good player, or do you want a, a, a player that maybe doesn't pan out completely but could it also be safe. a star? It's like people were saying, this is this is his yeah. baseline. He's got to be a third line. He was the third. Everybody in that freaking team was drafted. Like 17, yeah, I mean, that 18 team is players. loaded. There's no doubt. I mean, so maybe he was overshadowed. If you look at it, he had. Uh, like point seven five points per game, it's pretty good. But you know, okay. So on the one hand, he didn't score a lot because he was in this role. On the other hand, he did he score a bunch because the team was so good. I don't know when the goals were coming. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Are they beating a team eight to one and he's scoring goals there? I don't. I, who knows? You're not gonna. I don't have the time to go back and research that. But everyone loves his skating, and they they know. I mean, he's going to be in the NHL. Size six three. Barring yeah, yeah barring injury, he's going to be in the NHL. Does that mean he's the next? Is he even Charlie Coyle, you know, who always kind of had this offensive upside that maybe hasn't shown itself in the NHL, or is he just going to be come in and be Riley Nash? Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're picking at thirty though. At that point, yeah. It's, I mean, it's there a was point flip. that's just it too. You don't have a lot of expectation at thirty, but when those guys do fall, and people are, are you know, but and then you look at it and say, why did everybody else pick past them? Of course, I always now the new thing to say is also maybe somebody has to think outside the box. And maybe stop letting like a ru- this Russian kid fall into the second round just because you know he didn't do something exactly the way the hockey culture said you should do it or something, and other guys like that. And then you, I mean, you look at the way Cole Caulfield fell down the draft just because he's you know Little five guy. seven or whatever, yeah. and everyone keeps call- comparing him to Debrinkat. <laughs> I think everyone in the league would take Debrinkat or Johnny Goudreau or whatever. They're still scared. but these guys can't get their brains. You know, they're all in their sixties and seventies. It's kind of like the government. It's like. Uh, people just finding out what the internet is type thing here. So. Well, speaking of uh, Caulfield, who went to Montreal, uh, the division is good. We know yeah. that already. And now Florida is making uh, ru- you know, rumblings. They're going to go after Panarin and Bobrovsky. The yeah, two big fish in the market. I mean, that would be unbelievable. Have it, it, Quinville, Panarin, Bobrovsky. 
and, and they no have, goalie. Or I guess well, Barovsky they drafted will be the goalie. goalie of the future yeah, too. But there's no uh, what's the defense core there? Ekblad. They were supposed Keith to be better Yandel. than they were last year. Yeah, yeah. they were. I mean, they'd, they'd, they be, they'd be pretty good. I mean, even the Sabers have some teeth. But I mean, it's going to be Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Florida. It's yeah, it's a good fourteen. And, and Montreal will be there. I mean, Montreal's Maybe. coming on. I mean, they've got uh, a couple. They got a Paling kid came in last year, and they still have the goalie. Let's face, let's face it. He had a hell of a finish last year, Carey Price. So um, they're going to be competitive, but. I'm not so worried about like oh you know, these teams are going to be so much better. I mean, look, they're all going to be in cap problems. I mean, Toronto and and Tampa, we don't know what they're going to look like. And the one thing this guy and we talk about it too much on the on our shows, but what is Toronto's plan for defense? Because <laughs> now they have a defense core without Jake Gardner and without Ron Hainsey, right? And they don't have Marner and well, they they're going to get Janssen. It sounds like they're going to get Janssen and. Uh, and cap it and signed at reasonable rates, but you have to have defense. They're going to trade deadline again, right? I mean, they're going to—they'll do the same thing the Bruins are. Just but will they have the cap space? I mean, they're going to be right up against it at this point, at this True. rate. So I don't know. And, and oh, and then Zaitsev wants out too. So that's three guys. So where, where are the, where's the defense core? Yeah, one more year of Muzzin. It was your guy. So that, oh, he's got to be the savior. Play thirty minutes a night. <laughs> All right, so uh, there it is in a nutshell. And we'll do another one of these next week after uh, free agency launches. Maybe we'll get Pete Blackburn involved in that one next yeah, week. Yeah, maybe maybe people tweet us some ideas to make this more fun and make it uh, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, the plan is to do it a little more regularly, maybe uh, every week if we can, uh, and we'll do it. We're not on the air typically during the start of the Bruins season on uh, EEI right. FM, so we'll, we'll keep doing it for sure once the season starts. Uh, but if you have any thoughts, hit us up at the Skate Pod on Twitter, at the Skate Pod. Calvin was definitive. He wanted the in the title, to make it a little more official. And uh, Matt's got great stuff, I'm sure, at Development Camp later this week. We can slot some of that uh, reaction in, John Beecher, uh, etc. And uh, Bruins are not in terrible shape. Stay the course. I think uh, there's, you know, there is a sense they blew a golden opportunity. They did. Absolutely. But uh, it's not gonna, they're not going to fold up. And I don't think idea so either. That, this idea that standing pat is terrible. It's not terrible. And that's kind of their terrible. MO. That's what they did last year. They were all kind of mocked for being boring, but it ended yeah, up being exactly, the right, right. thing to do. The people that said, oh, you can get a Chris Wagner or a Nordstrom for, on waivers because they got Jamel Smith. That is not true, and they proved that. As much as I want to see them re-sign Johansson and trade Krug, uh, you know, we, we're talking about bad contracts with uh, with Bacchus, and it was not that long ago they're looking to ship out uh, what's his name to the to the Rangers and take uh, space for him. Right, that's Bolesky, a bad, exactly. Bolesky. They had some bad free agent signings, and so maybe they've learned their lesson. All right, um, and Kalman is uh, available uh, on Twitter as always, and we should take a moment of silence for Dave Schultz, uh, who is <laughs> hanging it up. Your guy, you drove him into retirement. I think Brad Marchand did it. I think the Bruins did it, you know, with you know playing hockey the way the, the, the way it shouldn't be played, and <laughs> they should be banned, and whatever else these people are writing. Uh, at Matt Cowman on Twitter, Matt. We'll see you next time.